Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you are around Australia or around the world. We appreciate the time you give up out of your week, your month, your year to tune into any one of our episodes. And there are plenty of them, 260 something now or thereabouts. And you can go back and find some great interviews or some great chats. And speaking of great chats, this is going to be an epic chat tonight. It's the culmination of our I guess I first have a proper giveaway where we were giving away a great Bushnell Tour V6 rangefinder. And to help us get through all of that, we've got a couple of our um, stories that uh, people have submitted. We've got a couple of guests joining us to tell us their own stories live in person. And, of course, we've got the Giveaway Kings. And naturally, we've got Scott Carter joining us, Officer Carter. Here he is. Let's bring the boys in. It's going to be a hectic show with six of us on board. But uh, anyway, we'll get through it. You know, we could just do the two of us. But well, why not? We can do six of us. Scott Carter, I'll go to you first. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Scott. How are you? G'day, Roscoe. I'm good, mate. Good. We've got a full house tonight. This is going uh, to be fun. It's a full house. It's uh, a six of the finest uh, mile of golf fans that I've ever met, and I could put a whole episode on and just telling everyone about how I uh, know all the chaps that are here and, and how I've got to know them very well and how I love them all for their support, and uh, it's great to see them continuing to support, and also the two gents that are here that have helped us with uh, our giveaway, the Giveaway Kings, as I've kings, affectionately yeah. called them. I think that that's a sticky nickname for uh, you two chaps. Uh, PK Phil Kethel. I've got the uh, I've got the PK. I'm not. Yeah, there you go. I've got the PK uh, shirt on for you, PK. How are you, Phil? Up there in Sydney. Good way. Thank you. Yep. And I've got your, um, you know, the the team uniform, the M Log T-shirt as well. So we've got to update that. Look at that. Got to get you some new stuff. We'll have to get everyone some new stuff. I've got to uh, coordinate the orders. You know, Pilts, I might have to put you in charge of merch. You've been you've been giving a bit of merch away um, from uh, some of your um, fellow uh, fans. Um, how are you going, mate? Going well. Going well for a uh, for a Tuesday back at school and teaching the little ones, and it's good to be able to talk golf. I'm loving just side note. I'm loving the longer days, being able to sneak out after work and fit in six or eight holes or something like that, it's it's a good time of year. I have to say that uh, I did sneak out with some of my colleagues from Callaway uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, one of the big bosses is in town from uh, Callaway HQ and yours truly had the privilege of um, chumming him around uh, Peninsula Kingswood, South Course, and we finished at the end of the day and uh, Dave was quite keen to get down to the short game, which was just near his room there, and I said, oh, I won't have any short game practice, Dave, but uh, I might pop the drone up and hadn't done that for a while and uh, pop the drone up. And um, that that's my little medicine, you know, getting out, maybe having a round of golf, but popping the drone up and getting some of the uh, nice photos. Loved it. And uh, I'm officially, in terms of dronemanship, I'm back. He's back. Uh, but h- how did you go, Roscoe? How did you hit him? You know what? couple of I, he doesn't need short game practice, put it that way. No. I'm, look, I'm not you, – you, you know and everyone around Australia, around the world knows that I'm probably not shy on bigging myself up. When there's an opportunity to big myself up, <laughs> I will take full advantage. And uh, it was myself and Dave, uh, global boss of Callaway, versus um, uh, Gary Kissick, Ash Barty's husband, and um, Chris Cooks from – Callaway in Queensland, Gary and Chris are mates. And uh, so we took them on. Yep. And I Got went back, off. I went back through my this is a long story short, but I went back through my front nine and there was only one bogey on the cart. And so I was going along pretty well. I got to the 11th and that wasn't a great hole, lost the ball. But after that, 
uh, it was good. And Gary Kissick hits the ball further than the six of us sitting here um, <laughs> combined. He hits it a very long way. Doesn't mind letting you know that he's hit it 50 past you, by the way. He's one, one of those chaps, as uh, maybe when I was 20 years younger, I was also, so I respect that. But we got to the 16th. They were reminding us that they were a couple up. And, oh, yeah, two up. Uh, we were playing handicap, so I had a couple of shots on Gary, and um, Cooksey was playing off uh, scratch. He's a pro. We got to the 16th, and it's a par five on the south course, long par five. Gaz Kissick hits his drive, smashes it, uh, hits like a five iron or something onto the green, and the gr- pin's at the front. It's in a bowl. It goes past the pin, comes back down towards the hole. It's not a it's not a kick in. It's still a twelve foot, eight foot, or whatever, but it's very close for two on a par five. Yeah, I hit my drive, hit my next one into the bunk on the left and pulls. I don't know if you remember that bunk on the left, but there's. I was on the left of the left bunker, which means that you've got to carry that big bunker and then carry the next bunker to the green, which was short, uh, to the pin, which was at the front part of the green. It's a long bunker shot. Anyway, I've just squibbed it onto the front of the green. I've got a putt. And um, my partner, Dave, who was doing this aim point stuff, and because we were partners, um, he shared some, you know, some aim point information with me. And I, I had never seen anyone or played anyone that does aim point. So I was, and he'd been coached by, you know, he's got access to all of the Callaway staffers, you know, Xander Shoflos and whatever and whoever else in his sphere. He says, this is the principles of aim point. And I thought, oh, I sort of get it now. I've sort of listened. And so I started doing the two fingers. Anyway, this putt after, you know, Gaz is, you know, tipping one in for an eagle. I drain it for a birdie. He misses his. Great. Back the one up. Here we go. Uh, we get to the last. I pull the camera out. I had to get a couple of photos, get to the 18th. I've whiffed mine into the right. In the in the wasteland on the 18th of the south course into the deep stuff, and and Gary actually helps me find it. So he finds it. and It's in the deep stuff. He's up there on the green into. I sandwich it out. Now, eight iron and on. I go back to my little two two fingers, one fingers. It was a one and a half finger. Um, you know, got all this right. Drained the putt four or three. Win the last hole, halve the match. So long story short, uh, Scott, it was pretty good. I was very happy. No thin chips. One lost ball. No thin chips. That's that's good progress, Roscoe. I had double bogey, but the rest was pars and birdies, and pretty much it was really good and I enjoyed it, and it was a lot of fun. And then I flew the drone. He's Very back. Good. He's back. Uh, Scott, golf. Let's talk about golf, and then we'll talk about the stories because this is the culmination of our, our great stories, um, great love of golf stories, which we had several dozen entered, and we've picked the cream of the crop to go through tonight, and a couple of guys are going to join us who um, may yeah. or may not be the winners of uh, – a prize or two. So no, that'll be good, mate. Looking forward to that. But uh yeah, there was plenty of golf being played on the weekend. Um, we talked a lot about it last week, but uh there was tons of action, there was tons of stuff happening in the golf world, and there's tons of things uh upcoming. But um, what do we start with the PGA tour, the, the Sanderson Farms Championship? So Luke List uh won that in a five-man playoff um after draining a 45-footer on the first playoff hole. Funny little uh, note there, Roscoe. Luke List is quite literally, by the stats, one of the worst putters in the world. And he hit a uh, and he drained a forty-five footer. The other guys couldn't drain it. Uh, but Luke Luke ranks around one hundred and eightieth in just about any stat you want to look at in regards to putting. So uh, not really his strength, but it certainly came to the fore on uh, the seventy-third hole um, the other day. So. That was his 28th event for the year, and this is his first top 10. Not only his first win, but his first top 10, um, six top 25. So 
not a real consistent performer, um, you know, in the in the high end of the table, but uh, but he came good on Sunday. Uh, Benny Griffin, unfortunately, missed an eight-footer on the 72nd hole to uh, to bogey that and, and bring his score back to what I think was minus 18 and, and join the other four guys there. So he would have been pretty devastated. There's some pretty harsh footage of his mum being pretty devastated on the, on the back of the 18th. So she was pretty shocked that he missed it. I'm sure he was too. Um, but yeah, Aberg, or, sorry, Ober, uh, Sterlings, Norlander, the other guys in the playoff. Um, I did I did see Mark Hubbard was making a crazy late run and I reckon he'll be pretty dirty, Roscoe. He, he was seven under through 16, sitting at minus 19. Remember the playoff was minus 18. Then he bogeys... So seven under for the day, then he bogeys seventeen and eighteen to fall back to seventeen under. So uh, I'm for, I'm sure he's ruining his chance there. Ouch. Yeah, um, Lucas Herbert and Harrison Endicott were two Aussies that finished at t twenty eight minus ten, and Cam Percy at t forty three. And unfortunately, Snake Charmers missed the cut. Mm-hmm. We might hear a little bit more about that later. Um, spoiler cool. alert. And, oh, really? Oh, there's some intel. Okay, great. Uh, Good. I think we've got a big fan of uh, Snake on the show tonight, mate. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, we were, we were kind of um, begr- like I, I wasn't too fond of the list of, of people uh, in the in the lineup for that event last week, Roscoe, but turns out it was a pretty decent finish. Well, my comments on that, I didn't see any of it. I'm too busy painting downpipes, gutters, eaves, and all things in there between. So um, I didn't see a lot of golf over the weekend, but uh, I saw what counted. And what I, what I have observed um, is Ludwig Oiberg, Oiber, sorry. See, I'm doing it. And what you I'm doing, get it what, wrong. what I'm doing is what net, what I've noticed a whole host of people now doing. Now I'm going to, obviously put it down to me sending Gabriel Hertzstedt's correct, correct pronunciation of how to pronounce Oiber, but uh, I see a lot of the commentators going, going, Aberg, oh, Oberg, Oiber, <laughs> now correcting. And I think we've started something and uh, mm. I really am liking the sound of it because so many people go, Aberg, I mean, Oiber. Uh, so I love that. But what I love about Ludwig was we talked about it last week that um, I think you know, we sort of forecast that potentially there might have been a bit of a Ryder Cup hangover for some people. And mm-hmm. and I sort of commented, well, you know, these boys have got to be big and strong, you know, golfers and get out there and keep grinding week in, week out. And it was great to see a couple of the European uh, players do that uh, after I could only imagine uh, monumental celebrations for the young man. And, um, you know, he makes it into a playoff. So so well well done. And um, I'm sure he had his uh, Swedish uh mate up there, Mr. Norlander, um, chumming him along. So it was a battle of the Swedes and the Americans in the playoff. Yep. Very good. Um, yeah. Okay. And then the other Ryder Cupper uh, yes. that you just mentioned, Matty Fitz. So he took out the Dunhill uh, link. So it was a re- reduced event. Um, they almost wanted to call it the, the live uh, Dunhill, but uh, there was actually a few live stars there, Roscoe, a few players yes. and Key personnel under some maybe some fake names, which was what, pretty did, interesting. To what see. was the fake? What was? Do you know what the fake name was? I, I, oh, I yes, didn't. Uh, I, meant, yes, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't look I didn't it up. Write it down. Did um, Pultz or PK? Did either you guys get um, Yes's fake name? Oh, um, it was I mean, Andrew. It was something like Waterman. Um, Andrew yeah, Waterman. Yeah, that's Andrew right. Waterman. That's right. <laughs> yeah, like all I can think of, like it's, it's so crazy, like. 
you know, I've spent a lot of time in Scotland. You know, John, who's sitting here listening and he'll join us in a minute, he spent a lot of time in Scotland. But I can just, my vision was, you know, a couple of, you know, welded, rusted on, you know, St. Andrews golf fans, you know, around the 18th grade going, hey, who's this Andrew Waterman? No, I'm like, uh, I think he used to play football for uh, Hunter Midlothian or something like that. And going, oh, yeah, that's him. And it's yes, Al Ramian, you know, like no one knows what he is. But, of course, everyone knows it's Yasser. Why would you go and do that? That's it. Why, why would uh, you do it? Good on him. Yeah, good on him. Like, I don't know. Look, what it says, he should just turn up and be Yasser and they should just tell us what they're doing, what's going on, you know, like – Where's that? Well, Where, I mean, where's the know, deal? Should be, but he there would have been all the news would have been about that in the lead up to the event, and I reckon he didn't want to take away from that, didn't want to take the shine away. Um, he stayed undercover for as long as possible. But of course, it was going to leak. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Who That's cares? what I reckon he was doing. All the, all the news was about, you know, like a lot of the news was about that. Um, he's. You know, he could have been Andrew Waterman from the sixth member of, you know, Boys Own yeah. that got dropped in week two of the Boys Own project. Hey, who's that ball? Oh, it's Andrew Waterman. Yeah, where's he from? Uh, anyway. Pretty interesting who he, who he was playing with in the Pro-Am, though, wasn't it? Who's the, the guy who leads the OWGR. So from what we're reading, there's some um, information or, a, you know, a conclusion coming on whether Liv are going to get those points or not. I'm... You'd have to bet that they're a pretty good chance. Um, but, you know, he's playing with him. And so, yeah, pretty interesting pairing. But, um, but my point is transparency, you know, and it, it just we don't, we've got to get past this secrecy stuff and be start to be a little bit more transparent. But anyway, I'm sure it will all unfold. The OWGR, you know, look, if you're not in the, if you're in the top 50 and you play elevated events, you basically can't fall out of the top 50. Anyway, don't get us started on that. We'll, we'll be here all night. Um, so it was. It came down to fifty-four holes. So they end up playing yeah. one round on each course, and then unfortunately missed the the um, final culminated round on the old course. And uh, Fitzy and his mum picked up the chocolates. Is that right? Fitzy and his mum. Yeah. Apparently they did some incredible work to get all three courses in the right condition to be played on Monday. So um, shout out to all the greenkeepers that um, that uh, made that happen. But yeah, Fitzy would he shoot sixty-six on the on that Monday finish at St Andrews. He and his mum won. Matthew Southgate, Ryan Foxy, and Marcus Armitage all uh, finished T second at minus sixteen. Uh, Sebastian Soderberg, sorry if I didn't pronounce that correctly, Roscoe, don't hold that against me. Uh, minus fifteen, he had a closing sixty two, so not a bad way to finish in the wet. Um, Thirty nine players dropped out before Monday, Roscoe. Uh, yeah, threw it in, couldn't be bothered finishing it off. I could imagine that they've. Yeah, I was thinking about that because there was obviously half a dozen of, of the Aussies in mm-hmm. uh, that part of the field that dropped out. I can only imagine that they've got to get back to, you know, like is Daniel Gale, he's got to get back for the next, um, you know, the WebEx series in South Australia and all of that sort of stuff. So I can only imagine yeah. that there's a whole heap of schedules that are messed out and they weren't in contention. Um, but congrats to Tommy Power Horn who stuck it out and played the three rounds, had his mum over there, Esther, had a beautiful picture of uh, Esther and Tommy walking up the 18th of the old course. So love to see that. Uh, of course, yeah. congrats to Mika. Um, T14. T14. Yeah. Uh, a great sort of result for him. Um, yeah. Foxy, of course, we love Foxy. Uh, Fox Tracker is live. Uh, but I do have a picture in my background, my Zoom background here of Metro. And you mentioned the the ground um, staff and the greenkeeping team. 
Andrew Anderson, who is on the team at Metro, has actually been over there uh, working on uh, the old course in preparation. So he chose to take his holidays and go to Scotland and do some work. And uh, he was absolutely pumped for it. And uh, he's done a great job, part of that team, getting uh, the place ready. So Andy Anderson, uh, massive golf architecture and um, agronomy expert. And just, you know, he, I think on on Twitter, it's uh, Turf, Andrew Turf Nerd. Uh, and he mm. literally is a turf nerd and he's a great guy and he works down there at Metro, but has been over there. And also I want to shout out the, the weather that you saw if you were following the DP World Tour was horrendous. And it was horrendous mm. across the entirety of Scotland. And you heard me mention when I told my own story um, when we kicked off the stories was meeting Robbie Wilson. Robbie Wilson over there, you know, the king of Kintyre Peninsula, the unofficial Lord Mayor of Macrahanish and Campbelltown, uh, one of the great ambassadors of golf in that part of uh, the world. You would have maybe if you love the No Laying Up videos, you would have seen uh, Robbie Wilson with uh, Jim Hartzell and uh, Tron at Macrahanish and and telling uh, Jim Hartzell's story. You know, Jim does a lot of work with with the No Laying Up guys. Two great videos, and Robbie features in those videos. So if you want to know who Robbie Wilson is, go and watch the NLU videos there and you'll see. But what I want to shout out to um, all of the people of that part of the world, which you know I'm very fond of, is just stick with it because they've had a hard time with the weather. They absolutely copped an absolute pummeling. And the road between where Robbie lives in a place called Lockerpede and Oban, where we know the Oban Express is from, is basically one road. You know, connects that part it, at Lockerpede, at, at Ardashay, it necks in. And there's basically only one road. Well, that road was subject to a massive landslide, like cars down the embankment, the whole road's gone. And um, it's... Wow. It's got to be rebuilt. Don't know how that's going to happen. But Robbie and his work with um, Historic Scotland's out there with the diggers and all of that sort of stuff, just keeping things going. But it's just a hard time that, you know, when the main road that connects a very big part of the country um, is washed away, uh, you know, the ferries are doing routes around and all that sort of stuff. So just thoughts with all of the uh, listeners that are in that part of Scotland or would travel into that part of Scotland or can't get out or have to catch a ferry. And so, um, yeah. Devastating stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, DP World Tour. Um, good luck to uh, good luck to Dave Michaluzzi. Do we all agree here that Dave Michaluzzi? What What are the odds for Dave Michaluzzi cracking a win within the next within his year on DPW? He's a winner at all yeah. levels that he's played at. I'd be yeah. quietly confident. Yeah, coming yeah. From all, all the way from Cranbourne to made it in in a relatively short space of time to where he is now. Um, there was not that long ago he was representing Cranbourne. I remember at Heritage playing a game of pennant maybe two, three years ago. Mm. And he just, not a big bloke, gets it out there, doesn't make many mistakes. I'd have um, not necessarily a win in the first year, but I'd be pretty confident that he'd have some success. Yeah, it's, well, it's very much looking that way. So I'm um, looking forward to you know, having Mick a tracker on as well. Now, Scotty, uh, any any other? What's the rest of the golf wash up? Um, we might talk about this week's golf after the big after the stories after yep. the stories. That's what. Yeah, we're no doing. sweat. Yeah, hey, it, Hayden Barron was the other Aussie that finished T twenty five in that Dunhill. So the rest of the guys missed the cut and the cash. But um, but yeah, Hayden Barron had a good had a good few days in the wet there as well. Uh, big Hayden um, Barron. <clears throat> yep. Uh, mate, let's circle home for the Aussie PGA Tour. Event over in the WA Open, I saw a little bit of that on KO, so that was good to see. It, of course, looked looked really impressive. I've never been there, but um, looked pretty pretty nice on TV. Some nice little short par fours that were 
um, kind of risk-reward uh, holes there. But Simon Hawks got that done by two with minus 17. Um, is he part of uh, the Seven Mile Beach crew, is he, Roscoe? Do you know? Yeah, you know uh, much well, about Simon? a little bit of insight. I know Simon not very well, but um, well enough. It wasn't that long ago that um, Simon was in Melbourne uh, looking for uh, some coaching work. You know, he was coaching at a couple of different venues. I talked to him about doing some coaching in the Big Swing Golf venue and nearly got close, but it didn't happen because you know he's obviously still wanting to play, but wasn't quite sure what was going on. So um, it didn't happen, but, you know, I talked to Hawksy on a number of times. What what was significant about Hawksy's win, it's his first win on the Australasian PGA Tour in about 2,022 days, a long time. So you all remember that Hawksy was the winner of the Vic Open probably five years ago now. Um, great guy, Tasmanian, uh, great golfer, has you know, worked in in clubs, you know, in this period of time when he hasn't had a win um, on tour, off tour, you know, just keeping it together. Um, comes back out, plays well, um, pitches a nine iron out of a greenside bunker, um, makes a putt to win the thing on the last hole. Um, well done. But to your point, your question, I think Hawksy has been working on the team at um, – Seven Mile Beach, you know, like I think someone um, in Jess said, you know, he was chief shovel uh, department manager um, down there. So this will be a nice um, little cash bonus for him to um, maybe get away from the shovel department manager work. But, you know, again, these guys grinding out there trying to make a living on the Australian tour and just waiting for that break. And hopefully this um, kick starts his year like it did for Mika. Um, we'll see what happens with uh, Hawksy. But super nice guy, great Tasmanian, um, loves his golf, loves being around it. I think is coming and come out of it, and there he is. That's uh, Hawksy. Good on him. Well, after this week, uh, I know we'll, we'll talk about this week. Uh, that's better off to Kalgoorlie, I think. I think this week, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's true. I saw Beckman uh, posting about that. I think, but um, yeah, Connor McKinney, who we've uh, mentioned a little bit on the on the pod last uh, couple of months, he finished uh, T second with Jason Norris. Um, and also, I want to shout out Quinton Croker, the amateur. So he uh, he finished T nine at, at minus nineteen. So strong showing for the amateurs. We talked last week, Roscoe. There was a, a whole host of elite amateurs got a start in that event. So great to see one finishing with the top ten. Quinton's name. Quinton is one to watch out for. You know that you don't have to go through too many articles to see the name Quinton Croker um, in the upper echelons of any of the amateur results. Um, Young uh, Mr. Norris at 51. Um, I love, you know, I open about loving the old guys doing well. I uh, love that. And Connor McKinney, of course, you know, Perth's finest uh, Scotsman. Um, so well done to all those guys. Very good. And then, mate, rounded out. I, I, well, yeah, there was an Asian tour event as well, but uh, we had the, the ascendant for the LPGA. Uh, we had an Aussie in contention there. Sarah Kemp was right in the mix um, going into the last day. She had a couple under and finished solo fourth there at minus eight. But Hoi Yu Kim um, took out a wire to wire victory, which is the second in a row for the LPGA in terms of wire to wire. Um, so another Korean uh, win there for for the young player and Bianca Pagdanganam. I'll try that and uh, Atia Titikal at minus nine with T two. Um, Lexi Thompson played well. Minus, uh, was she six shots back? So showing some decent signs of life after the Solheim Cup as she's getting ready to play with the men mm. this week in the Shriners. So thought, that's going to be interesting to watch. 
Um, but yeah, and then the other Aussies, Sarah Jane Smith, T13, Hannah Green at T31, Karis Davidson, T49, and Sue O at T67. Uh, and just a shout out to uh, Gabriella Ruffles or Gabby Ruffles for securing mm-hmm. up her uh, LPGA tour card. I think she finished uh, number one on number one rank on the uh, Epson tour. So she'll be playing on the big stage next year. So well done, Gabby. Uh, great young yep. Australian. And, uh, yeah, she's Australian-American. I always like to tell words. I think she's Australian-American. Maybe she's Australian. She represents Australia. She's Australian. She's got yeah. an Aussie flag next to her. But, hey, well, yeah. we're talking about cards for next year. So the, the top 10 on the race to Dubai that are not already qualified for a PGA Tour card, uh, Foxy's leading that. So he's basically secured his spot on the PGA Tour next year um, with his performance on the DP World Tour this year. But, um, yeah, the rest of that list is Adrian Moronk, Big fan on the program. Uh, Minwoo Lee, Victor Perez, Alexander Bjork, Bobby Mack, uh, Rio Hasatsune. 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 Um, Joost Luton, the Dutchie. Love to see it. Yannick Paul and Torbjorn Olsen. So, um, so, yeah, those guys will be off to the PGA Tour if they hold those positions. But I thought worth calling out Foxy with his T2 there. Uh, that Alfred Dunhill has done a great job or, or just about wrapped up his spot. Well, still, still a bit of golf to go on the uh, DP World Tour, so uh, we'll talk about that after the story time as well. Um, what about anything else, Scott, to wrap it? We Can we can we keep going with the stories? The guys here are itching to tell their stories. Hey, let's uh, – I, I mean, yes, let's get to it. But, Roscoe, we had Alan Shipnuck's book drop. We had JT oh. tweeting about it. We had – We've got the PGA Tour statement on on what's happening uh, in the unfortunate circumstances in Israel, and uh, and then the Saudi statement, kind of at at odds as well. So that's going to be um, an interesting one to watch how that all plays out. But so much happened this week in golf; it's crazy. But yeah, let's listen to these guys and their well, stories. Well, we will. But the Shipnut book can't wait to to um, listen to that. You know, listen to his uh, book with Phil, which I thought was enjoyable to listen to. Um, there's been a lot of that did happen. That didn't happen. Sort of discussed around that book. So we'll wait to to read that. Uh, what's happening in the Middle East um, is very scary and unnerving. Mm. Um, had a friend that was there, basically left there on a plane on Saturday. He'd been over there working with one of the football clubs, and uh, was scheduled to come back on Saturday. And I was messaging him today because you know, saw he got home safe. And basically, I'm not sure where the uh, airport is in Tel Aviv. Must be near the beach. Um, yeah, there were bombs landing in the water off the beach, and you know, basically asked him. I said, "The, the, was there any risk that the the plane wouldn't go?" And he said, "You know, the pilots wanted to get out of there rather than stay on the ground, so they were flying. They were flying this jet out of there because they didn't want to mm. risk staying there and having anything happen. So they they got out and yeah. You know, anyway, thoughts with all the people. That's um, devastating, mate. Devastating. Wrapped up in that, um, and hopefully, well, let's, let's see what happens. But anyway, um, story time now. The Giveaway Kings. I engage you two chaps uh, as the experts in competitions uh, that are part of this uh, My Love Golf team to help us with some of the um, adjudication, some of the you know finer uh, crafts of writing. Uh, what stood out to you, Pultz? Um, you know, and you're you're the school teacher here. You've marked more essays than than anyone that I know, so you were perfectly positioned to do this. Bit of pressure on me there. Yep. Um, as golfers, we're not great with uh, grammar. <laughs> after reading a few of uh, few of the entrants, but what 
what I really liked about a few of them was that I could almost put myself not a fly on the wall, but like as if I was caddying the moment that they were describing, it really felt as though they painted the picture well. Um, close your eyes, you could almost be there. It was just fantastic to read. You sent me a fair few of them and I had a look through and it was great and I could almost get the hair standing up and the goosebumps. And I like the storytelling element of it about why these people loved golf as opposed to just I hit a really good shot and it went in. It was a bit more to it. Um, a bit of background to it. So I really enjoyed reading them. And I may have read them more than once in the end because I did enjoy it so much. There, there, there's more questions now that I have after reading a few of them that I'd like to uh, I'd like to indulge in. Okay, we'll, we'll get you. You can ask these two chaps that have joined us uh, in a minute any of the questions that you want. What about you, PK? Um, I did notice that one of the particular stories that you know you may have included in the the finalist list may have been something to do with yourself oh look there was yeah i'm sure that was you know a bit of um what do you say like editor yeah prowess mm. um yes yeah, that was obviously uh almost a given but yeah a bit like puts i i wanted you know, I, I went for something that was not sort of always shot related so you know um there was a couple of stories there that focused on the um like the reaction or the interaction with with other people um and you know just get the you know tug on the heartstring sort of um um you know sort of subjects i eliminated anything that mentioned a hole in one because that was just i just saw that as rubbing it in because i'm still yet to have one so they got uh, they got kicked to the curb straight away um yeah. but yeah like i said it was just the again the the definition was, you know, why is it, you know, your your love of golf? And like you said, uh, like what Paul says, it's just not always, you know, great shot related or it was just the, the detail or the description um, and just being able to, you know, again, relate and um, put yourself in that in that situation. Well, here are some of the, the stories. There's a couple here that are, and they're not very long, so, you know, it'll just add to the flavour of the uh the, the podcast, if I'll just praise them, I'll read them out. But we had and we had names for them. You know, we had the uh, Natandola Gallery. So I was playing at Natandola Bay uh, in Fiji about five years ago with a mate. He's a very average golfer. And by the time we got to the 50, he had already lost half a dozen golf balls. Fortunately for him, some of the local kids were out selling lost balls for five for a dollar. Wow. Um, I went over and looked through the balls and came across a brand new Pro V1 that must have been hit only once. I found I made another five balls and gave the little fella another five bucks for the Pro V1. The smile on his face was priceless. Half an hour later, he and a friend caught up with us, and on the eighth tee, they followed us for the rest of the round, finding and returning every ball my mate hit into the scrub. So by my calculations, by the way, this chap was going, they made about 30 or 40 bucks that day. Um, that's not a winner, but a nice little story, and they looked after the young kids in uh, Fiji, very good. Uh, wedding jitters back in the 2000, back in the 2004s. Uh, you haven't been married that long. Uh, you know, it makes it sound much longer than it is, PK. 20 anniversary this year, next year. Uh, back in 2004, I got married on the first tee at Pimble Golf Club. The reception was in the clubhouse, but I'm still dirty that the GM wouldn't throw a round of golf in for me. Come on, Pimble Golf Club. If anyone knows the GM at Pimble Golf Club, can you throw PK a round of golf in for his wedding that he hosted there with a 1,000 guests there in 2004? Uh, maybe next year for our 20th anniversary. I told my now wife that the advantages of getting married at a golf course were, one, I knew where it was, and two, I wasn't going to be late. 
Um, Pico, that was a nice story to share, but no, not a winner. Uh, we called this one heel cuts and hole outs. Uh, this is a hole in one story, not a winner. Um, because the per- anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, but it was a young fella uh, who obviously listens to the podcast, and we appreciate all men, women, ages that listen. And to know that a young fifteen-year-old fella from the northern suburbs of Melbourne is watching and listening to the podcast, we really do appreciate that. So I just want to share his first hole in one in July this year. A fifteen-year-old has who has a great. I'm a 15-year-old who has a great addiction. It's the seventh at Melbourne Airport. What a classic golf course. Uh, playing at about 165 metres with slope and wind. Pin is in the middle of the green. The bunker short left. I cannot hit a single club in my bag this day. I had about two stable for points to this point. I whip out the three wood and plan to play a high draw, which lands on the front and runs on. Contact is straight off the heel. Even dropped my club. It was that bad. A lot, the low runner goes up the hill, pin seeking from the start. It was a bright but overcast day it goes straight into the pin and i was 98 percent sure it went in i went up to the green and it was in immediately called my parents and let them know i ended up having 39 points won the comp for the day it's the flukiest but greatest shot of my life and i have a photo and a video of me walking up to the green to prove it and i'd love to share it cheers guys i love that story because of the young fella's first hole in one he didn't hit the greatest shot but he was that happy and he rang his parents first up i love it um You'll get a special, special, um, special prize for that young man. Just on that one, Roscoe. Yes, mate. If it's who I think it is, and I won't say his name just in case it's not. I think he's a a young fella who's getting into um, the market and selling some gloves okay. um, and towels and markers. So one to keep an eye on. I think he's going places. Okay. If it is uh, him, I'll mention him next time I want. Okay. I'll. Uh, we can talk off air. Uh, Green jacket. I love this story too. My best round of golf has to be the highlight that enhanced my love of golf. Uh, even through the name in of the podcast, I love that extra points there. Uh, being part of the Melbourne City FC golfing group a few seasons ago, we had a group of about eight that would consistently play each week for the City Green Jacket. Being the highest handicapped golfer in the group and playing with pro athletes, it was always a long shot for me to win any comp. But on one round at Growling Frog GC, I shot my best Stableford score ever of 40 points to not only claim my first City Green jacket, but also took out the daily club competition. My one and only competition win. The magnitude of my win hit home when listening to the My Love of Golf podcast and hearing Roscoe has photoshopped the photo of me in my green jacket in besides Hideki Matsuyama and DJ, who was presenting Hideki's green jacket in the background. So you can go and check that out, guys, uh, in the episode from a few years ago. Uh, Josh from uh, the Melbourne City Football Club, who is their team manager, makes everything happen down there. He loved it the day and his wife loved it. Then I photoshopped uh, him in beside Hideki and DJ. So that was his story. Uh, He gets a special mention and I delivered Josh a uh, a special little prize for uh, participating the other week when I saw him and had a round of golf with him and Andrew Naboo. Um, And all the best to Andrew, who's at home recovering from an Achilles injury. but we got a final round in before the uh, doctors uh, sliced him open on the Saturday. Now, gents, uh, let me pull you back up. Let me pull you back up. I can see you. Uh, Daniel, can you uh, unmute? Can you um, can you unmute yourself there? And John, Hello. John, you may as well un- unmute. So Daniel from uh, all the way up there in Stall, uh, aka the Ginger Ninja. You can follow uh, Daniel Crawford uh, on online. He likes to post. He's getting some golf uh, coaching at the moment and sharing that. And I love people who share their journeys on golf. Uh, how are you, Daniel? Good. Thank you very much. Yourself? 
Mate, thanks for joining us. You've been a strong supporter of uh, my love of golf and also the mental mastery and all the things that we do, and I love it. He's got the T-shirt on. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> and uh, beside you, we've got JC, John Cornish. John, again, another great supporter. You have been uh, um, pretty much the reason for some of the greatest interviews that we've ever been able to deliver uh, the listeners on my love of golf. You've really helped us put a connection to other people. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that you've got a new, numerous great golf stories. Uh, how are you, JC? You well? I'm very well. Thanks, Ross. Yeah, yeah. All good tonight. Thank you. No, very good. Very good. Now, gents, um, I'm going to give you the opportunity rather than me reading out your stories. I'm going to give you the opportunity to share these stories with us. And uh, John, you, you chose two stories. So, you can tell the um, Hirono story, if that's all right, and then we'll talk about your other story in a minute. But, Daniel, you can crack off first. Yeah, what was your story? Oh, I actually had to pick one because there's always a few, like everyone in golf. Um, you sort of always end up with a few. But it was in Ambrose a few years ago, and it was the Legacy Day Ambrose three men. So there's myself, Jamie, and Johnny. And Jamie, six foot five, been a mate for years, smashes it a mile. Um, and then I've got little Johnny, who's an old farmer. And to give you some idea what Johnny's like, we were playing oh, a few weeks earlier, and his old mate, Artie, and him, and he's hit this wood on a par three, Artie, and I've, oh, great shot, mate. So is Jamie, and anyway, Johnny's not short. So it hits the front of the ping and just stops dead and didn't get, didn't get on the green. And we're all, oh, top bloke, Johnny. Oh, I'm a realist. I was, wasn't was wrong. So that's sort of what Johnny's like, paint the picture. So we're going in, and as you go past, you go past the second green at Chalambar and the first, um, up at the foothills of uh, One Tree Hill. And that's actually not there now. It's housing blocks, um, which just caps everything off for this story. Um Anyway, as we go past, it's um, the pins right at the back, just on a back slope. Wouldn't have been a pin pin width on. Like, it was really tight. And the first was the same. And when, as soon as I got there, I said to the boys, this is going to be a tough day. Like, that's pinned so hard to get to, and the first isn't any better. So, lo and behold, we get sent to the second green, straight up out of the bat. And I'm like, oh, here we go, 160 metres or 168, I think it was, down breeze. And I'm thinking, this is a down slope. So, Johnny gets up, who being old Johnny hits this little sort of pulley rolly thing and it runs up sort of just off to the right of the green. Normally being the lo lowest handicapper, I tended to hit last, but Jamie says to me, oh, you have a crack mate. All right. No worries. So I get up there, tee it up. Um, thought I'll just flush a six line. First swing of the day. Haven't practiced, haven't done anything. Started it just to the right of the pin, exactly where I wanted. This thing's turning straight back on the pin. And also I should have said that the actual uh, tee is up, um, above where the first green is where Johnny's cart is. So Johnny's back at his cart by this stage over near the first green. Anyway, it's going straight back on the pin. Uh, bounces just before, disappears over the ridge right at the base of the pin, and it's gone. So I'm hands up looking at Jamie. Has that gone in? Jamie's going, well, I think so. And from the first green, I hear, nah, it's over the back. Went over the back. Nowhere near, over the back. And I'm looking at Johnny over at the first, and I'm looking at Jamie, who's six foot five, standing beside me on the tee, thinking, if this guy hasn't got the best vantage point, we're in some serious trouble here. So, anyway, Jamie steps up to hit his, and he couldn't concentrate because we're trying to work out if mine's in or not. Like, you just can't see. Uh, and so he's carved it away, <laughs> uh, and off it's gone. So, 
we sort of start walking off and I've got my glove and I'm slapping it on my leg. I didn't know what to feel. I, I have been lucky enough to have a hole in one once before and anyone that's had one, um, sorry, Phil, uh, but you, you're shaking, right? So I get up to the green and as we're walking up, we're back a bit. Johnny goes roaring up past us in his buggy and I'm looking and I can't see a ball and I can't see a ball at the back. So my first thought is don't tell me we're at the trees 10 metres behind this frigging hole, right? Yeah, what are we going to be doing here? Anyway, Johnny roars up, looks at his ball, walks up to the green. We're still about 10 metres off the front, looks in the hole and goes, oh, it did go in, to which he puts his hand in, pulls the ball out and flings it across the green to me. So I'm walking up the side and this ball rolls up and hits me in the feet. So I'm sitting there thinking, righty-o, I won't get my own hole in one out. You do it for me. So we're up there and Jamie goes to say something and because he's big bloke, he does. I just said, look, don't worry about it. He's excited. So I'm thinking, yeah, this is great. So we go over to the next tee, which is a par five and, and being not hard under the collar, but a bit disappointed, I stand up and pull driver to which I absolutely slam as hard as I can down the middle and I've caught the thing. And I turned around, Jamie said, oh, you had some on that. I said, oh, well, good one, Johnny, over the back. And he goes, oh, well, I was watching the group he'd on the first anyway. I wasn't watching. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh, here we go. And then it starts going around the course about two or three holes in. There's actually a car for a hole in one on that day, on the 18th, not the second. So on top of that, it's going every person, and being a redhead, Ross, you would know this, people find the same jokes very, very funny all of the time. Uh, If I didn't hear, well, you'd be an idiot for having it on the wrong hole 50 times that day, I'll go, hey... So we actually came, and I was talking to Jamie about this a while ago, we came to 18, and it was basically the same pin, but 18 at Chalambar's into and it falls off the back. And I just had it in my head from 148, I was going to have another hole in one. I, I striped it, it went straight over the top of the pin and went about half a metre off the back of the green and rolled over the back. And I still say if that had been two inches shorter, it would have went in as well. So it was an interesting day. It was a great day, but every single time I play with Johnny now, uh, you'll hear... Nuts over the back or nuts short, and everybody laughs. Even he laughs about it. And it, when you tell the story at the clubhouse, you'll hear him go, well, I was. I was watching the group down the first. So, uh, daniel son, daniel son, <laughs> that's a great story. And, you know, PK, you know, it is a hole-in-one story. So, Daniel yeah, gets sorry, a prize. I was about it's... to say, I, I didn't think I won after that. When I heard that, I thought, oh, hello. <laughs> no, no. Well, to me, the story is more about <laughs> more about negative johnny you know like and, and i think i think everyone's come realist, across a negative realist negative johnny realist. and and what what resonated with me um i have lucky been lucky enough to have a hole in one but not since 1987 so as i've said many times before many people think if it didn't happen this millennium it doesn't count anyway but uh 1987 before all of you guys were born uh but um i was playing with my mate sure taft one day at pk and sure Shura hits this, uh, he hits a nine iron, which he hits with a loft of like a six iron. He just gets the hands forward and compresses that much. And subsequently, most of his, when we was playing, then he's changed his ball flight. Now, we're low drawing sort of punch knuckle ball type shots. And on the 14th at PK, he's hit this great shot and then the pin was in a little um, ravine. And uh, he says, he turns around, hits it. It was a good shot, clearly. He said, that's gone in. And the bloke next to me, um, who won't, I won't remember his name, he says, nah, not, no chance. I'm like, 
It's like, boo, give the bloke a bit of a hope, <laughs> would you? You know, give him something. It could be his, it was his first and it went in. We did not touch it. Uh, that that should be a, a lifetime ban. I, I on if you pull someone else's hole of one out, you, you deserve some form of punitive action uh, at club level, and therefore Daniel San, because um, of negative Johnny, because you didn't get the opportunity to pull your hole in one out, and it was on the day that a car was on offer on another hole which you didn't get. You're getting a prize, and you have now the privilege of not only being one of the first My Love of Golf storytellers telling your love of golf to the world, um, you get the privilege of going to Negative Johnny and saying, thanks for being Negative Johnny. I got a prize for that. Thanks very much, buddy. So there you go. You get a prize. Um, good story. Uh, gents, any, any thoughts, feedback on uh, Daniel San's um, story there? I'm dirty. Uh, you didn't get to pull it out of the hole. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. That's the <laughs> card. Number one, Cardinal, Cardinal scene. I'm surprised it still catch up with him. He should. Uh, yeah. uh, I've known Johnny for a long run. time. I've known Johnny him. for a very long time. He's a good old bloke, but I can mm. still picture that ball rolling over to my feet. And I just, every time, and as I said, that hole's not there now, it tears us. But every time I stand on now, what is the second I look over and just think, uh, what could have been? But anyway. So not only do you not have the memory, <laughs> you don't have the memory of picking your ball out of the hole. You don't even have the memory of the hole because it's not even there no, anymore. Gone, you can't, you can't yeah, recreate it. You, uh, you you deserve a prize, Daniel. Yeah, so you, you, you get a prize. Um, thank you. Uh, JC, John Cornish, um, probably one of the most uh, well-traveled golfers. Uh, you submitted two stories. So one, one of your stories we – we we liked um it did resonate with the team uh but we had to sort of exclude it from the final judging just based on the fact and we respect your uh, right to keep your um friends colleagues and fellow golfers private uh but the story where you were playing with um or playing alongside in the practice range with a world hall of fame multiple major champion um women golfer um but we couldn't work out who it was and you weren't prepared to tell. Uh, that was a great story. Um, basically, the way I sort of couched that up, and John helped me couch it up this way, if you know the Tiger Woods Nike ad from many years ago where everyone is on the range chopping the balls, everyone, Tiger turns up, they start flushing it, and as soon as Tiger goes away, everyone starts shanking it everywhere. Well, John basically lived out that um, range scenario alongside a World Hall of Fame golfer. Um but that wasn't the story because you, you were kind enough to submit two, and you've, I'm sure you could have submitted 22. But the story that um, also gets you a prize, uh, I could, I've given it a name. You know, yours, um, Daniel, was called you know, Negative Johnny. Um, I was trying to think of a Japanese name f- for yours, and I couldn't think of anything better than, and hopefully it makes sense when you tell the story, is Arigato Gazimus which means thank you very much in Japanese. And uh, I think hopefully, you know, when you um, hear what happened to John um, and you'll know what thank you very much is all about. John, over to you. Tell us your story. Um, okay. Well, 2008, um, I was travelling um, around playing golf and ended up in Japan. So there were a few golf courses over there that I wanted to play. Now, as many of you know, um Etiquette is such an important part of Japanese culture and certainly at some of the more prominent golf clubs, it's a best behaviour, you know, to the extreme type type scenario. You don't want to mess up. You don't want to um, embarrass yourself or embarrass, in particular, you don't want to embarrass your host. So you've got to make sure that, uh, you know, everything goes, everything goes perfectly. 
So the way the way golf normally normally works in Japan, and there are some YouTube videos on how you should conduct yourself and how all the behaviours work. You pretty much arrive in in, um, in a jacket. You don't need a tie, but you certainly need to arrive in a jacket and go and have a cup of coffee, and then you go out and play the front nine. Then you retire to the bar um, and the dining room for lunch, and you that could be a Japanese curry or it could be could be something else. And there's always um, minimum of four glasses of beer. So then you go out and you play the second nine after that. Then you come in and you have the uh, you have the the onsen bath and um, and uh, then that's sort of the end, the end of the day. But it's an all day experience. It's not something that's not you don't just turn up in the car park, play not play eighteen holes, and then and then nick off straight away. It's an all day an all day thing. So this particular day, um, I was at a club in um, in Japan near Kobe and. Um, and it was i met my hosts and they took they took us they took me inside where we you know, met the president of the club and all these different people that that were there i uh, was introduced to everybody i don't speak any japanese um and but mo- most of those people did speak some english so there was a there was a nice little conversation beforehand we went out and played golf uh played the front nine and then had a very nice uh very nice japanese curry for uh, for lunch and uh, quite a few glasses of beer, and then uh, headed out to play um, to play the second one. Um, now, at the time, of oh, seven years ago, I'd had um, back surgery, and just before I'd made this trip, I'd had some treatment on my back uh, because you know, I was in a bit of discomfort. Anyway, that treatment went very badly wrong, so I was taking as many uh, prescription medications that I that I did. Um, but nothing was working. Nerve pain is one, of, is one of those things. So when we got back in and we're preparing for um, preparing for the onsen, so basically, basically what you do, you strip off in the um, in the locker room, put your put your clothes in the locker, and they give you a face washer, just a typical little face washer, and that's all you got. And you're there, and there's twenty other blokes walking around, and there's two ladies in the uh, in the locker locker room as well so you know they get full view of uh, of everything that's going on and you walk into a little uh, a little room next door and that room has got a whole lot of small cubicles with a handheld um a handheld shower head and um a tiny little stool this little bamboo type stool you've got to sit down on the little stool and wash yourself all over with this little handheld um, shower head, and then you're ready to go into the onsen. The onsen is a massive bath, and you're sitting in the bath with, you know, 20 of your newest friends, as naked as the day you were born, and everybody's in there. Your little face washer, you fold that up and you stick it on your head. So everybody's just sitting there with a little face washer on their head. And you sit there for 15 minutes or so, and then you get out, and then you can have a regular shower or just go and get changed. Well, being six foot five and having um, having a very sore back at the time, trying to fold myself down onto um, down onto this tiny little stool to to, to take the first shower um, is was always going to be quite a problem. So, as I sat down. 
well, let's just say the Americans have a have a have a saying. American golfers have, have a saying: uh, "Balls in the air." So that generally means balls in the air at eight o'clock. We're going to see off at eight o'clock. So I <laughs> walked up to this tiny little stool and tried to fold myself down. I got pain going down my left leg and trying to fold myself down on there. So my bum hit the hit the top of the stool, which we had, which had a very fine uh, layer of soap. So my bum went that way, my legs went that way, and everything else sort of went this direction, this direction. So you go back to the beginning of the story where you're trying to save face and you're trying not to embarrass your host, you're trying not to embarrass yourself, and you're representing your country and all these sorts of things. Um, yeah, balls in the air pretty much sums it up. So you've just slid across the onsen, legs akimbo, knacker bags hanging out for all of the uh, polite Japanese gentlemen who are sitting there with their undercarriage washers on their heads and um, sliding over the onsen with your knacker, with your knackers on display, um, wincing in pain. Um, Afraid so. Yeah, no, that would have been uncomfortable. And um, <laughs> for that level of uncomfortableness and your prepared preparedness to uh, share your yeah. Lucky you didn't anything else didn't happen. You didn't fall on the stool and you know things ended up. But um, you know, it was hello boys. It was a good morning, uh onsen yes, gentlemen. Ohio Gazimus, <laughs> Arigato Gazimus. Um, so you win a prize too, John. Um now, if you are one of our Japanese listeners, you're sitting there going, What's so big about this story? You know, this there's normal behavior in an onsen, you know. Someone always falls over and that gets the knackers out. Um uh, if you're one of our German listeners, you know, the my first uh, business trip to um, Germany with Mercedes Benz at the bottom of the hotel, I thought it was a swimming pool. I used to, I, I still love swimming. I go to PK and crank out thousands of meters a month in the swimming pool. I was um, jet lagged. I was recovering. And this isn't a golf story, but I thought there's a pool down there. I could see it from my room. I go down there. I pay my 15 euro. I thought, wow, that's an expensive swim. I get in there. I can't speak any German at that time. Subsequently, and this was one of the reasons why I thought I've got to learn a bit of German. I'm in there and uh, all these Hans Dieter starts talking to me going, yeah, ohne Anzug, ohne Anzug. And uh, I'm looking around and then all of a sudden it becomes real. All the pictures around the uh, around the um, change room, there's a men's change room and a women's change room. No one's got any swimmers on. Well, in Germany, it's quite normal to get naked and get your kid out and get into a these people had swimming pools hot tubs 90 degree 60 degree 30 degree saunas and it was just it was just like going to this it was just like you and i going to the swimming pool and i had a towel that was bigger than a head size but i didn't have much of a towel and um i paid my 15 euro so being the typical tight scotsman i had to get the value for money so off i went into the uh the Schwabenquellen and um jumped into the 90 degree sauna where hans dieter you know came out and said good abend mein damen und mein herren willkommen in schalterkrona mit 90 grad mit eucalyptus aufguss which basically means it's 90 degrees and i'm going to put this all this eucalyptus on the ice he rolls up his towel like he's gonna, you know, when you go to flick your mate as a kid and you got to flick them, he does that. And I think he's gonna start flicking all these naked people. This is a weird story. I'm sorry, but I've got to share it because it's one of the classics for me. He rips it up, he folds it, and then he starts blowing hot air. Everyone starts going, yeah, yeah. And they put their arms up in there, and and Hans Dieter's whipping ninety degree heat at you. I'm going, what the hell am I doing here? I'm supposed to be here, you know, bringing the good news of Australian Mercedes Benz to Australia, and here I'm in this naked sauna with a whole heap of Germans getting whipped in hot ninety degree hot air by Hans Dieter. So for that reason, John, you with your um naked six foot seven gargantuan arms and legs sprawled across the onsen, you get a price. Thank you very much. Yeah, good. Um, now, 
I don't have two. I don't have two prizes the same, but both the prizes that you will get are very, very great prizes. Uh, of course, someone will get the Bushnell Tour V6, and the other prize is equivalent to that. It's not a Bushnell, but it. You're both getting a great prize. Put it that way, and I thank you for participating, coming on, preparing to share uh, both of your stories. And Daniel, thank you. Um, thanks you to uh, Johnny and to um, all of your hosts there around the world. Uh, John, I hope this doesn't support any hosting opportunities for you to go to some of the great golf courses where you've got to get your kid out in the shower room. Um, so thank you to you. Thanks, Ross. Thank you. Thanks, Very guys. Good. Uh, well Jensen, done, well uh, done. I, I'm not sure my rant about going into the uh, German Schwabenquellen uh, is appropriate for, you know, PG, you know, we've got a young 15-year-old, but that's life over there. If I need to edit that, tell it's me now. Germany, mate. It's Germany, mate. Jawohl. Jawohl. Anyway. But hey, hey, Roscoe, where yeah. what, n- name a course that you would to to get on? You would pay the fee of getting your kid off. Where where would you get your kid off just to go and get on the course? Well, PK. No, I've never I've never got my kid off at Peter. I did. I, I do swim in the swimming pool, and it's a shared swimming pool. And I'm I'm not I'm, I'm I haven't got the greatest rig in in golf, and you know I'm, I'm old enough now to be you know or swimming. Be, I shouldn't be I shouldn't be self-conscious, but you know, like I, I used to joke that at PK, you know, the, the pool overlooks front of the green and you know you'd be in there in your budgie smugglers. Well, I wear the short type budgie smugglers, but you know, but it always gets a little bit uncomfortable for me. Um so that's as close as I'd get my kid off. You know, I have been in the locker room at Muirfield and you know, Muirfield is a beautiful old clubhouse that everyone you know hopefully one day gets the privilege of experiencing and i got the privilege um of experiencing that and you know you it's an all-day experience you know you go in and you've got your jacket and your tie on and uh and then you have to go and get changed into your golf gear um so that was you know, just getting changed in the locker room next to each other but there's no you know there's no privacy you know it's just put your coat in the in the um in the rack which is part of the central sort of um stalls of change room and you just get changed there and, and away you go and, and and off you go so all of a sudden you're getting changed next to 20 blokes and it's very close it's not john you've been there uh you, you know that that locker room is is a compact space so um that's as close as i get i'd do that again um but i, I probably wouldn't get my little hand size <laughs> The best part of that story, John, was sitting in the onsen with, 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 with your <laughs> undercarriage washer on your head. I, that is a thing. It, it's, a, it's a thing. <laughs> you, you just scrub the undercarriage after a sweaty round of golf, and then you've got to sit there with it on your head. Uh, see, the undercarriage stuff happens in the in the little the little cubicle when you're on your well, assuming you make the little the little stool. That's where you do the do all the do all the heavy heavy, the heavy lifting. Yeah, and then you got then you do that, and then you get into the bath with your new thirty or forty of your newest family friends, and you put your undercarriage washer on your head. Oh, that that that's the best part of that story. Um, anyway, uh, we move on, gents. Thanks for joining. You're welcome to stay around to the end. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the golf that's coming up this week. If you have to go, go. Uh, but I really do appreciate you being part of it. We hope. If you've listened this far, that you've had some fun. We certainly had some fun getting the stories and uh, certainly have some fun giving away some great prizes. And I do appreciate both of you. Uh, Daniel wearing your T-shirt. Uh, love it. Thank you very much. Um, Scott, back to you. We've got a couple of tournaments to uh, pick a winner for this week. One in America. San- uh, what have we got? The Sanderson, uh, the Shriners. Sorry, not Shriners. The Shriners. Yeah, we've got the Shriners. TPC uh, Summerlin. Shriners coming. TPC Summerlin. So past 71, 7,200-odd um, yards. Um, 
This is a favourite tournament of the South Koreans, this one, Roscoe. Tom Kim won last year and Sung Jae Im won the previous year. So uh, so happy hunting ground there. But Cam Davis um, is an Aussie and, and he'd have to be one of the favourites um, to take it out. Uh, we've got Harris Nendicott, Lucas Herbert and Craig Hocknell in there as well. And Cam Percy and Bad's on the alt list. But um, very similar field to last week. Uh, Ludwig's in there again. Um all the guys that were kind of in and around the the, the leaderboard last week are in there. So, um, again, the storylines just keep evolving on this top 25 in the fall series. And, um, you know, a few guys have done pretty well in the first round to uh, increase their position in on, in that top 25 and get into more events. And, yeah, so that that's the goal of the fall season. And um, we move on. I'm still getting my head around the fall season, you know. So top 50 can play but they don't get any FedEx points um, that contribute towards anything. Um, 50 to 60 uh, have have already got access to uh, the Genesis and uh, the... Um, the Elevated. The Pebble, uh, Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach, that's the one. Uh, and then and then the rest of the... Well, then top 125 to 150 are fighting out to try and be in 125, and uh, then 125 to 150 uh, get some conditional status. So it's... Uh, it's make or break for a lot of these guys, you know, Ludwig and Ludwig comes out of, um, you know, PJU uh, mm. as have a number of other um, young chaps that are joining uh, that category and fine golfers. Um, so Ludwig's trying to, you know, elevate himself and looks like he's on the right tra- trajectory. Uh, it's, it should be more interesting and should be getting more attention than it is, I, I think, but um, you know, it changes next year again when they go back to the, the calendarized season. So who knows? But um, TPC Summerlin, yeah. I don't know much about TPC Summerlin. It's in Las Vegas. It's obviously one of the TPC courses. I believe it's quite flat. flat. Bobby Weed. Yeah. I don't know much about Bobby Weed as a golf architect. I don't know much about Fuzzy Zeller as a golf architect. But, you know, of course, as a as a Hall of Famer, um, I'm not sure if he's actually Hall of Fame, but uh, American, you know, golfer of note from back when I was a kid. Um and that's about as much as I know. So who you got? Who you got? You're going to pick Tom Kim. You're going to pick Harrison Endicott. You're going to pick uh, who you're picking. I'm going to go Cam Davis. Mate, keep okay. it. Uh, keep the Aussie train going. We'll get on. Get the Aussie train started for fall anyway. So yeah, Cam Davis. Uh, Jen, so Daniel, I see you nodding your head. If you you know yeah. carry, carrying a bit of form, you you fancy anyone else in the? Uh... Uh, there's a couple just looking through. Vincent Norman, I think, will go quite well. Um, just on his putter, whether his putter can hold up. It sort of looks like, of course, you've got to get position off the tee to be able to attack the pins. And I think your approaches need to be pretty well spot on. So no Benny Griffin in the last four holes last week. I could hear a rocket rant about that when that was happening. He just missed everything where you just couldn't miss it. Hole and hole in, hole out. So um, Alex Smalling, I think, will go pretty well as well. And this, to me... One of the big chances in this should be Lucas Herbert. He should have that opinion to do that. If he can get it in the right area off the tee with his iron play and his putting, he should be looking top 10, top 5 quite comfortably, I think, and hopefully he's got that attitude about it. Where did Herbie struggle last week? You know, he was he was there or thereabouts, not quite up there, but, you know, he, he was sort of mid-packing most of the way. You know, what happened with him last week? Where did he lose you know, the strokes? Oh, I hope and Scott's looking that up, actually, because I don't know. I didn't really look at his stats, but I think off the tee, was it? You're struggling a little bit. I'm right. not sure, but I think it was off the tee. Okay. Yeah, well, he needs – He needs. You know, I'm sure he's banking on, you know, to gain as many points as he can naturally. Of course, that goes without saying, but, you know, he's using this full series because he's had – he missed quite a few events during the year, so we'd all have to see Herbie 
you know, maintain and playing all as many big events as he can. Um, so good luck, Herbie. Okay. Uh, I like the Cam Davis call. Um, I was looking through some pictures the other day of Cam Davis uh, at PK winning over there. It's coming up for uh, that time of year again. I'm not sure if we'll see Cam Davis there, but uh, you know, all of those golf courses where the Sandbelt Classic or Sandbelt Invitational played against are getting prepped. Got the um, Asia Pacific Am coming up, uh, so we'll talk about that next week. That's the following week, so there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, what do you got there, uh, Paltz? This is Herbie from last week. This is a photo he put out. Now, I know Twistface is good because sometimes <laughs> I haven't hit a fairway, but that does not look right to me. But in the yeah. background, it says he's five under. So when Daniel's saying off the tee wasn't great, there's oh, something yeah. wrong there. Yeah, he lost, he lost over three shots mm. off the tee. Yeah, but I have a feeling they're Ben Greens this week and Aussies traditionally go yeah, well with are. that. So I love the idea of Cam Davis. I also think Siwoo. Might go okay as well. Oh, South okay. Korean triple, triple mm. uh, the hat trick. Yeah, why not? Mm. But go Aussies. Okay. So then uh, what else have we got? We've got the – oh, no, the other thing with the Shiners is um, it's been talked about a lot and it's interesting. Um, Lexi Thompson's playing. Now, this must have been a long-standing arrangement you know, that Lexi's playing. It was good to see that she had some form last week because, um, yeah, you want her to perform well. But it's been a while since we've had one of the LPGA players playing in a PGA Tour event. Has anyone got any intel into, you know, why this is happening? Is it a sponsor invite or what's the, what's the story behind it? Or um, no. no, I think it's just a – for me, it's just something to try and get them to talk about, you know, the – quote, lesser known um, tournaments between now and the end of the year just yeah. to get a bit of publicity. Um, so I'm pretty sure, let me just have a quick look. Um, yeah, like there's only been five or six other other women that have played in, in a men's event. Um, and I think it's probably, like I said, because it's a flat course and flip where it is, being in Vegas, um, it's probably – maybe one that uh, is more suited to her. Like not, not saying it's not going to be on a tough course, but it's, you know, a bit more, I don't know, maybe forgiving you could say. Well, I don't know much about the Shriners uh, group as an organisation. Um, you know, Shriners are wearing the, I don't know the name of the hats that they wear and all that sort of thing and the jackets and whatever, but I do know that it's a very charitable organisation and, and the proceeds go to the the, um, the uh, hospital that they operate for, um, I think it's Children's Hospital. So, you know, yep. if that's the reason and it's going to help uh, boost the profile and therefore, you know, give that organisation some value out of their sponsorship, uh, all for it. And, and good luck to Lexi and well done for putting yourself out there and being prepared to to jump in with the blokes. And, you know, I'm sure that there'll be many people that will have some interest in watching how he goes. And I know from what I sort of hear that some people probably think that she shouldn't be there. But, you know, if that's the way it is, I'm 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 supporting it and I'll be interested to see how Lexi goes. And if she does, you know, well, makes a cut out of those five or six women that have played in a PGA Tour event, I think maybe... Babes of Harais, you know, all the way back then might have been, you know, and one of the Annika first. did at one stage for memory. Maybe. Annika made a cut. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Not sure. So um, good luck. Uh, what else? DP World Tour. We've got the, uh, what have we got over there? We've got the. Yeah, uh, we got, we moved to the Spanish Open in uh, mm-hmm. Madrid. So Club de Campo Villa de Madrid in, uh, in Madrid. So uh, John Rahm is headlining that one, of course, and amongst a, a ton of other Spaniards, um, including George Roscoe. George Campillo. 
George is in there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, past 71, 7,100 yards. A um, few Aussies in the mix, Jason Scrivener, Blake Windred, Jordan Zunich, uh, Jared Felton, and Demi Papadados. So, are, are they in or is that just the entry entry list and are they, or are they in? They're in. They, they're in, okay. Yep. <clears throat> um, good luck to the, the those boys. Jared Felton just had his Bucks party. Um, are, you, are oh. you sure they're in? Or Jared, I thought Jared Felton was teeing it up in Kalgoorlie this week. I, th- I thought maybe that they were on the the entry list, but the cut um, for the entries was uh, above. Uh, what do we say? What do we got? Um, their category. Uh, Players who made the seventy-two hole cut but finished below twenty-eighth place at the qualifying school. So, I mean, says here is in. That could be okay. Jared Felton, okay. sixty-three. Current cut off position subject to change. So the current player. Okay, I might be looking at a different list, or I might have been looking at an earlier list. There we go. Well, for all the Aussies that are playing, um, good luck, and uh, I hope you do well in the uh, Spanish swing. Blake Windred's been putting some miles in of late, uh, if he's playing over there. So he's been back and forth um, more times than uh, I have in 10 years, but that's the life of a tour player. Uh, Okay, what else? Just just quickly there, John Rahm paying $3 the win. That's um, my favourite. Ridiculous odds. Yeah. Three dollars. Mm. Hmm. Outside of John Rahm, any other? Uh... Uh, Justin Rose is up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thorbjorn is up there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and as as mentioned, George. Well, my George. tip, uh, Fitzpatrick my as well. Alex Fitzpatrick. Alex is in there. Good month for that family so far. Well, it's been a good year for that family. Mm. Um, my last week's pick, Victor Perez, uh, Dundee's very own Victor Perez, uh, didn't. Uh, come up with anything of any offer in the Dunhill, uh, so I'm not going to tip him this week. But my, I'm going to go with a, a Spaniard. I'm not going to go with uh, George. Uh, I'm not going to go with um, um, Rambo. That's fairly obvious. I'm going to give me old mate Pablo Larrazabal a bit of a go. The old uh, Pablo, I love love a bit of Pablo. Um, hopefully he can uh, you know channel Ollie, channel Sevi. Um, channel whoever he wants and, and do something well in front of uh, what I think must be a, a home crowd. But I don't mind Adrian House. Uh, I don't remember. I don't mind uh, Rafa Cabrera. Cabrera Bayo hasn't been had a great year. Mm. But um, yeah, a lot of Garcias, a lot of Gomez, Gomez Asuna, Monsal, Monsalve. I love that. Uh, Gonzalo um, Fedes Castaño. I love all these names. Uh, another Garcia, Garcia Heredia. Canizaros, Alejandro Canizaris. I just want to say the names. Borja, yeah. Borja, Borja Verto. And we Pe- should just do it. We should do a pod one week, Roscoe, where it's just you pronouncing foreign names. <laughs> I could do that. Not even names, just things, just words. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind yeah. that. <clears throat> okay. Podcasts and, and, are better when you have your accents out. My log, uh, yeah, it'd be my log ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to apologise to any Scots for doing uh, an accent. Uh, as bad as it, you, you do it, don't think it is. Uh, it is one that I have spoken with in my lifetime, so that's okay. I will apologise to my German friends and family, uh, colleagues, um, for the uh, uh, you know doing the Hans Dieter. His name definitely was Hans Dieter too, but I wasn't making that. It was Hans Dieter. I wow, remember. that's an actual um, real person. I remember the story it. even better. Just, just, Distinctly, uh, but I will apologise for doing my German accent. But I do speak a bit of German. But I'm not going to go with any others. Um, okay, uh, top Next Scott up. for me. Top Scott. Yep, I'm going to pick yep. a top Scott. Uh, I'm going with uh, Connor Syme. 
He's got a lift. He's got a lift, but I'm going to go with Connor Syme. Uh, Grant Forrest performed well last week. Um, uh, the uh, East Lothian uh, native uh, did okay, but I'm going to go with Connor Syme. Top Scott. Top Scott's back. Uh, gents, anything else? Do we need to cover, Scott? You're you're in charge of the run sheet. Anything? Mate, there's still there's still still a bit to go. Like we've got the Aussie PGA Tour moves to WA, yep. so they've got the PGA Championship um, over there. WA PGA Championship up at Kalgoorlie. Um, one Mika won last year. Um, you might remember seeing it on telly. Beautiful red sand, red bunkers, and uh, and uh, beautiful scenery. So that's gonna I'm gonna ha- enjoy watching that same time zone that we did last week um, for that event. So that'll be good. It looks, All the boys from last week are in there. It looks as weird as it is to say about a golf course in Kalgoorlie. It looks fantastic. Like it looks pretty good. It does. Yeah, looks great um, on TV. Mick are not defending. Um, any thoughts around a winner from uh, the local lads, uh, boys? Any any uh, thoughts around who would you like this fancy? I'm going to go Harrison. No, not Harrison. He got um, Harrison Crow. Har- no, no, Harrison Crow. Would like to see Harrison Crow. Uh, Perform well in his second start. Uh, the lefty, um, Smiley. Elvis. Elvis. Smiley. Elvis. Yep. Smiley, the flusher. Yep. Yep. I'm going to go right. with Elvis. Okay. Good one. Um, I'll go with a, a fellow New South Welshman, um, Andrew Campbell. Okay. Um, he's He's been in quite good form um, with the Pro-Ams and that. And his, his dad uh, or some family member is the um, – the pro or the GM at um, Warringah Golf Club, so mm. also on the also on the Northern Beaches here as well. So yeah, I reckon um, Andrew Campbell will be a, a good shout for, I'll say top ten. Okay, I like that. Love it. Uh, breaking news! Breaking news is coming through. Adam Scott is coming back home. Oh, <laughs> breaking news! This is a media uh, outlet now, Roscoe. <laughs> Wow. Did, we read, did we read? Excuse me. Uh, I haven't got the uh, mute button or anything. I'm out, out of the normal Australian street. Open or PGA Championship, Roscoe? Uh, someone else can answer that. Yeah. Uh, both. He's, both. He's into both, so he's committed Beautiful. to both, which will be fantastic to see him That's back. Great, and great yeah. to and see so many coming back. And also great to see the Aussie Tour on KO as well. Those yeah. sort of things on Fox. It's been brilliant to sit back and watch on a weekend. Yeah. There's a fair few big names also. Um I was saying confirmed for the Cathedral Invitational as well. Right. So I think they'll oh. get a quite a deep field um, to that event too. I think they're Oop. selling spectator tickets to that this year as well. I think they did about us last year. It was... Yeah, they did last year for the second day. The first day was uh, member access only, but the second day was yeah. uh, open slather. Thought about going. I'd probably take the chopper uh, up there, Roscoe. Couldn't stump the six, <laughs> six and a half hour chopper up there. Um, sorry, Nissan Navara up there. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> Delusional. Um, no, but it, equally as shaky, right? Yeah, exactly. No, my Nissan Navara is beautiful. Um, no, wasn't wasn't going to go. Uh, sorry, uh, um, Daniel could try and flog me at Toyota uh, Hilux. Oh, I was just about to say, what are you doing? What are you <laughs> doing, Ross? Oh. Well, I used, I used to work okay. there, so they look after me. But you know, I can be I can be persuaded. You know, I was a, I do have a Toyota in the family. Um, Daniel, good, if you good. if you're in the market for a Toyota, by the way, uh, contact Daniel, the Ginger Ninja, and uh, he'll personally personally deliver it. He'll make sure that your finances in order. Uh, the aftercare package will be discounted, and um, you know you'll jump ahead of the queue uh, of any wait lists globally for a Toyota Hilux because it's one of the most popular SUVs in the world. Um, you can get you can get one up in stall uh, if you see Daniel and just. Um, 
<laughs> just just jump ahead of the queue and he'll do, he'll oh. deliver it down. You do oh, I'll charge. deliver. I'll oh, find delivery. Him. Melbourne, I'll find Melbourne. Everywhere when it comes, I'll find him. I'll win a few times, but uh, yeah, I don't know about jumping the queue just yet. Oh, but okay. stop, yeah. it's getting better. It is getting better, but not that good. I've, I've, the boss is going to be on to you, Ross. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to help promote the business now. I'm just trying to make. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm just trying to make the door swing, the phone ring, and the inbox ching. All right. You know that's an old car. You've done all three. You've done all three. But uh, the other thing I love about the car is, is uh, you know, you're in store. Um, you know, Melbourne, it's just uh, it's just East Stall. You know, like oh, that's that's a bit far. No, Melbourne's just like East Stall. No problems. We'll get it down to you, love. Um, beautiful. Uh, what else? Right, so there's 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 one more worth mentioning because there's yes. a lot of Aussies lined up for the Asian Tour event in Macau. So Macau Open. Um, Scotty Hen won this in 2013, but Minwoo Lee's actually playing there, which was interesting. Looks like mm-hmm. he's on there as a, uh, an invite. Um, along with Tommy Power Horan, um, and then like, I mean, there, there's there's a whole list. There must be ten or more um, additional guys. But How Tong Lee is in there uh, as well as one of the other big names. But yeah, the Aussie guys: Sam Brazel, Scott Hen, Zach Murray, Dave Gleeson, Todd Sinnott, Kevin Yuan, Andrew Dot, Terry Pilkadaris, Josh Younger, Marcus Fraser, Jack Thompson, John Lyris, Douglas Klein, and Harrison Gilbert Wong. So uh, strong Aussie showing over in uh, the Macau Open. Great names. Power Horan is due for a win with his Milog Juju. So get on it. Yeah. The sprinkle, sprinkle of dust. Uh, it's he's coming to the end of his Asian tour. I'm not sure what status he is if he keeps anything for Asian tour, but his Asian tour card runs this year, so it probably might be one of the last uh, Asian tour events that he'll have. Not, as I say, I don't know where it is, but uh, we wish Tommy all the best as he, um, you know, continues his journey, which we love following. Great young man, and um, so good luck. But what a great bunch of Australian names playing, you know, yep. young and old uh, playing in that event. Uh, I'm not sure if it's televised or not. Uh, should know, but uh, if it is, watch it because, you know, from Marcus Fraser, Scott Hend, um, to Minwoo Lee, to uh, a whole heap of other those, uh, talents. Um, what a great yep. field. What a great field up against uh, another talented field of, you know, uh, Asian uh, assailants um, for that title, the Macau Open. Minwoo Lee going down. It must have been. Uh, yeah. Sponsors invite with some, you know, Bitcoin. Yeah. Good luck to him. Good Very stuff. Good. Roscoe, one more thing. Yes. Now, I know we've got a gear junkie on on the panel tonight on the crew with through uh, Ginger Ninja. I believe he's a bit of a gear junkie. And I'll just, there's two bits of gear uh, that are kind of coming out this week or something. I wanted to get his thoughts on. First <clears> one is the Ping Putter. Dan, did you uh, have you seen the the hobby that they're releasing? Just 100 pieces of that Ping Putter to the exact specs of. Uh, Hovland's putter that he uses um, at the moment? Uh, only briefly, but that thing's going to be hot. I think there's just going to be people who want, who want that, probably me, myself, uh, at some stage. Uh, just add to the collection of putters that don't go in from three feet. Why not? So it works yeah. for him. I'll try it. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's uh, ping, always do good stuff. But I, I think there'll be more of that with the whole Ricky Fowler and the putters and stuff like that, you know, older ones. I think there'll be a lot more player spec coming out, and I hope there is because yeah. I know, Ross, you'd have people marching through the door there going, get me one of these, which you would have had anyway, and that's what we want. I mentioned right at the start that I played golf yesterday with uh, Dave from uh, Callaway. He's at the top end of the toppest, toppest end in the Callaway product uh, brand and marketing department. And he told me the story about the the jailbird and um, how Wyndham was playing with Ricky. Ricky had his old jailbird out and um, 
he said to Ricky, give us a go of that. And then all of a sudden he was onto the tour, tour people saying, can you make me one of these? And then, of course, you know, he wins and then he wins the US Open. And, you know, the way I told the story was like the day after he won the US Open, the phone started ringing for people wanting a jailbird. So then they had to go into reactive mode because it's a 10-year-old putter. And, uh, you know, they realised they could capitalise on the interest in this, you know, shape that they own and have had success with in the past and had a similar shape, but it wasn't the jailbird. So, you know, that's when they put the strategy into place to, you know, go with this forward order process and, you know, um, take a whole um, load of orders for people who wanted a jailbird, a 10-year-old design, um, to satisfy, you know, their interest, just like Wyndham Clark um, getting the L putter. Now, the PLD, um, Hovland's putter, you know, it's based on that Ping PLD D72 um, design, which has been very popular. PLD is uh, Ping's upper end. It's like the milled um, yeah. stainless steel. It takes like 14 hours to to hand mill it and stuff like that. It's insane the amount of workmanship that goes into that putter, hence, you know, the high end price point. Uh, but I, I don't exactly know what the spec of Victor's D72 is. Obviously, it's a raw finish. Yeah, you get that rusted finish. I'm not sure if it's lie in the loft and all that. It's smooth on the bottom. But, um, yeah, Ping do limited edition putters infrequently, but when they do, people like me who collect Ping putters um, want one and they go like that. So um, I'm not sure where you can get them, if they're coming, how many are coming to Australia, if any, but there's usually not that many. If How many was it globally that are coming, uh, Scott? 100. Yeah, like... I don't even think they'll see anywhere in Australia. There'll be a hundred, and they'll be gone in you know three point one milliseconds. Uh, anything else? You talked about gear junkie. Anything else coming out this week? Scott? Yeah, there's there's a big one happening this week, Roscoe. It's a little bit kind of in in my zone a little bit. So uh, maybe the hottest mm. um, golf shoe drop maybe ever is happening this week, this Thursday in the US. The Travis Scott Air Jordan One Low um, is coming in a golf variety. And uh, mate, it's it's got all the sneaker heads amped up and ready to go. Um, but I thought it was it's been super interesting to see um, golf stores selling this kind of product and how they're going about it. And there's a an outlet in the UK called Trendy Golf, and uh, they're basically saying, hey, you go into the draw to um, to get. I think they must have seventy two pairs or something. But um, get a ticket. And if you get a ticket, then you can come. If you win a ticket in the raffle, then you come into their store and you've got two shots on the simulator to hit a driver over 200 yards. Um, and if you do that, then you can buy the shoes. But if you can't do that, then you're not a real golfer and you're not getting the shoes because these shoes will be worth thousands on the aftermarket. And so people will um, people will be trying to scam the system and, uh, and, and bot the hell out of it. Um, which they'll probably have some success with doing to these golf retailers that have very little experience with that. But um, let's see what happens there. But, yeah, hottest um, golf footwear drop maybe ever, Roscoe. Yeah, well, I've had a number of messages uh, to me directly going, are you getting any of the Travis Scott Nike? You know, everyone knows that in Australia, Nike golf shoes are from Drum and Golf. But we don't – we get the the normal range. Um, Scott, you know, you're the Nike guy on the – on the on the crew i'm not sure what you call that normal range but your everyday shoe we get all those but the the jordans and anything limited and special you know we we don't get access to it and and that's not by our choice that's just by nike's distribution uh, and the way they do do um, their product distribution and have the auctions and they go to places like trendy golf and you know the niche and boutique um, outlets that just specialize in that type of stuff 
Uh, but I have had a number of messages going, are you getting any, um, what do we, yeah. tra- what do we call him? Travis, what's his name? Travis? Travis Scott. I was going to call him Travis Smythe. I was going to call him Travis Smythe. Travis um, Smythe, yeah. So Travis <laughs> Scott. So we, are you getting style. any Travis Scotts? Um, but no, we're not. But so that's not an auction thing? You know, that, that some uh, people so doing not, it. Not, not an auction. So uh, stores, um, so some of the retailers, so it looks like it's only going to golf retailers in the UK, like selected golf retailers in the UK and also through Nike's um, platform sneakers um, where they drop their their hottest sneakers, but that's the only places you'll be able to get it or probably travisscott.com um, on Wednesday or Thursday. But, um, but yeah, that's the only place and it's not an auction. So what Golf Poser is running a raffle that closed, ended three times. So we'll see. Um, and uh, Trendy Golf is doing that that process drive. that we just talked about with the long drive. So like, it, it, you you might win a pair in the raffle. You've got to pay for it. It's win the chance to buy them. Um, and But then you've still got to go in and, and hit the drive 200 yards on the simulator. So, yeah, a few nervous golfers, I reckon, standing over those drives. <laughs> now, I dobbed dob Daniel in a minute ago for being able to, you know, jump the queue and, and get the highest spec SR5 Hilux ahead of the curb as a special treat to my of golf listeners. You, you are the Nike representative, you know, formerly Nike HQ. Surely you've got some insight, some intel, some ways of getting oh, mate, some of them. I'm trying to pull all the levers I've got. Like, you know, oh, come like on. left, right. I'm, I'm, I'm calling up people I haven't spoken to for 10 years. I'm trying every angle possibly possible to um to to snare a pair but uh, my chances are very limited <laughs> i mean what kind, of price tag, what kind of price tag are we talking and what do you expect them to go for uh a week after online so what do they retail i it's guess it's about 180 170 yeah. us um mate if it's um it'll be up near a thousand mm. up near a thousand a pair straight away I got so excited. I heard about these shoes going away, and we've just been told we're both winning a prize, John. I don't know about you. I got 200 metres covered. I got that covered with a sandwich in the middle if I have to. I was getting so excited. Now I hear we're not getting them. Uh, we're good, but not that good. No. <laughs> You're getting a mile of golf custom printed bluey tank top up there for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll wear it at work. Yeah, beautiful. Um, well, okay. I don't have any other news, um, despite the fact that I've played with uh, everyone, someone who does have the news on all the Calais product. I don't have any news on any of that. Don't ask me. Uh, but it was been very enjoyable meeting Dave. I um, met him months before, but having a game of golf and taking, uh, well, sort of halving the chocolates. Anything else, Scotty? Anything else that we need to cover off? I keep jumping ahead of the curve, but you've got all the, the run sheet. No, I think that's it, mate. I think that's it. Just a bit of golf to look forward to this week. I'm actually playing my second only ever, Ivo Witten. Is that how you even pronounce it? I don't even know. Ivo Witten down at Woodlands. Um, 36-hole tournament on Sunday, so that'll be interesting. There's 100 players in the field, Roscoe. Guess who was player number 100 into the field? Me. Made it really? in. Just... What's that short par for at Woodlands? There's about the sixth. Yeah. Yeah. What's the plan there? That. Surely you've done your homework. Oh, mate. Round Roscoe's one just probably... done. Roscoe has already decided driver or Straight free at it. Us. <laughs> round round one. Round one's probably four iron off the tee. Round two is probably just driver. <laughs> <laughs> just aim at Jaco. Uh, Jaco over the back. Just aim at the Jake. The Dumbia. I think it's Dumbia. No, Dumbia. Aim at the Dumbia sign. Away you go. That's man. the line. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm, I'm with you. I've got you. 
just bang. Um, gents, hey, come and caddy for me. Help me uh, out, man. I've got more painting to do. I've got painting. I've got paint. Look at the paint on my hands. Uh, painting, uh, gents. It's been great. Thank you for sticking with us this long, John and Daniel. Thanks for sharing your stories. Uh, appreciate it. You're both going to get a prize, and I'll be in contact with you individually to organise delivery of uh, said prize. It is packed up at the moment in the house. It is packed up. I didn't realise I had to pack the whole house up, but it's packed up. So um, you'll get your prize. It's tucked away. Uh, everything's safe and secure, but you'll get your prize. Um, and thank you again uh, to the Giveaway Kings. Um, hopefully this can be the first of uh, many more giveaway um, things that we can be part of, and I love having you on board to help with it, and thanks for your contributions. And, uh, and Scott, thanks for uh, the rundown and all the weekly events. Um, yeah. Thank you, Roscoe, and uh, thanks to all the boys that joined. That was good fun. Well, everyone, thanks, thanks. for listening. Thanks for listening in, and uh, wherever we are around Australia, around the world, do appreciate all of the downloads. The downloads took a massive jump last week, by the way. I don't know what happened, uh, but the the numbers were through the roof, and uh, um, just appreciate everyone who does take the effort to to listen in. Uh, I feel probably going for two hours now, and uh, you know. It's a week. It's a week's worth of listening. It's a great strategy. You don't listen to anyone else. You just listen to us for two hours in your car. But I uh, really do appreciate it. And if you want to share it, uh, please feel free to do that, and we'd really appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see you on the My Love of Golf podcast.